Mac Voices Holiday Gift Guide Number Two. This is Mac Voices. Today's edition of Mac Voices is supported by Truebill. Get control of your subscriptions at truebill.com/macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, this is another one of our holiday gift guide shows. We do these every year to help you find some things that you would like to give or get, because giving sometimes means getting, too, Um, in the tech arena, but not necessarily in the tech arena. We've had some really off-the-wall things in past years that ended up being very popular. You never know what this panel is going to bring. No matter which one of these gift guide shows, you just never know what our friends are going to bring to the table. So uh, one thing I did forget to mention the first time around, I want to make sure I let you know that all of the gifts picked here will be included in a special uh, Mac Voices gift guide uh, on Flipboard, Flipboard magazine. Um, So if you have Flipboard on your iOS device, you can look at the pics there. Of course, there is a web link, um, which is not nearly as, as pleasant to look at. Not that it's bad. It's just not a terrific viewing experience. Looking at the gift guides on uh, on Flipboard is is absolutely terrific because it's like looking almost at a, ca- a magazine catalog. So go check it out. I'll have links in the show notes. With that, let's find out who's here and uh, we'll get going. Uh, so I'm just going to take my screen as I always do, just to make it simple. Um, first up, Santa number one, Mr. Jeff Gamut. Jeff, welcome. Good to have you. Chuck, it's great to be here. I assumed you were Santa, and we were merely your elves. No, I, in in this case, everybody here is uh, qualifies as Santa. I think so. We're Team Santa. Go us. Yeah, yeah. Well, you arguably might be the most uh, qualified because of uh, you know the, because I actually have a, a little hair on my face. Yeah, yeah. By by uh, December twenty fifth, it might be just about the right length. If I stop shaving today. I'm not going to stop shaving today. I was just going to say, everybody that wants to see Jeff Gamut as Santa, please send an email in, and I will forward them to him to put pressure on him. Let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> you can bribe me on, on Patreon and buy me a coffee. I'm Jay Gamut, both places. <laughs> in other words, Jeff Gamut can be bought. <laughs> we all have our price, Chuck. Yes, yes. Um, speaking of price, Mr. Mark Fuccio is here. I don't know where, what that means, but Mark, <laughs> Santa number two, welcome. It's great to have you. Hi, Chuck. Uh, it's good to be here. This is always a fun show. And uh, I think last year I got some feedback that I may have gone you know, way over on uh, on prices and offering some things and you know, thousands of dollars. So this year I'll be a little bit more you know, economically minded. Great. great. Well, yeah, it's, it's been one of those years. It's probably a good idea. <laughs> Uh, last but absolutely not least, Santa number three, Mr. Mike Schmitz. Mike, welcome. It's great to have you. <laughs> Thanks, Chuck. I'm looking forward to it. So if my geography is right, you're probably the closest one of us to the North Pole. Is that right? <laughs> Could be. Um, talking about weather before we hit record, uh, it's pretty cold here in, in Wisconsin. It was uh, 20s last week. so. I think probably, but uh, no snow yet. So, in which part of Wisconsin are you? Central Wisconsin. Northern okay. Wisconsin is a whole nother territory. That's also known world. as Hoth. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so I guess, I guess Madison is considered central or eastern. Uh, southeastern, probably. The further up you go, the the more uh, the more snow you get. They measure it in northern Wisconsin in feet instead of inches. Ooh. But basically, if you look at a map of the polar vortex where stuff just shuts down because and stops working because it's so cold, that's where I live. Fortunately, it's not there yet. Do you have one of those cheese hat, you know, sort of you know, cheese block <laughs> helmets, you know, hats? I do not. I do not. Um, there are definitely. Plenty of them around me, though. We're only about a half hour from Green Bay, so lots of cheeseheads. Okay, so while you're sending emails about Jeff's beard, send uh, emails about Mark's need for a cheese hat. And (laughs) we'll see what we Don't spoil my picks, Chuck. Oh, okay. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. Well, let's get to this. Um, folks, as you know, the rules are pretty simple <coughs> here. We try not to repeat anything that previous panels have picked. Um, it's one gift per round per panelist. Um, that means that we move things along nice and quickly um, and gives you a nice variety of things to choose from. So Santa number one, Jeff Gamut, what do you have for your first pick? So Chuck, I, I just want to preface this with, uh, I wanted to make sure that I didn't bring any gifts that were just straight up obvious, like, well, of course he said a MacBook Pro or something like that. Um, so my first pick is a game. And it's a, it's a card game that uh, you can get at uh, pretty much anywhere. And it's called Hey Robot. And the, the premise of the game is you, you pull a card out of the stack, and it has a word that you need to make your smart speaker say. But you can't say the word. So like, uh, <laughs> like if, uh, if the word was leprechaun, you'd have to come up with something like... Uh, um, hey, a lady, yes, lady, whichever one you want to use. What do you call uh, a little uh, Irish folklore character that's magical and has uh, and has four leaf clovers? And hopefully, yeah, and hopefully it comes back and says uh, a, a leprechaun. And so the the, the idea of the game is to get your smart speaker to say a specific word and the the more cards that you collect by getting the the uh smart speaker to say what you want the more points you get and then ultimately the person with the most points wins so this is not is this an itunes is this in is this no this is a literal card game like it comes in a box and you pull cards out of a box Yes. And they recommend that you use this with uh, uh, with an Echo or a Google Home more than uh, than a HomePod, just because of uh, the way those systems are geared more towards giving you, uh, um, you know, like more esoteric and trivia data type answers to things, whereas uh, the HomePod using Siri is designed to uh, to perform functions for you. I mean, it'll still work, but uh, and actually it'll work better now than it used to, but they, they recommend uh, an Echo or Google Home. Uh, but regardless of what smart speaker you use, it's wonderfully fun because the things that you will get your uh, your speaker to respond with that are completely not what you want is uh, just awesome. And, and it's twenty four dollars ninety nine cents. And is this family rated, or you know, do they have PG? It's totally family rated. rated. It's it's family rated. Well, yeah. I would think that'd be almost a, a given, uh, given the limitations around. At least as far as I know, I've never able, been able to get intentionally or unintentionally my my smart assistants to say anything really completely off the wall or out of bounds. Yeah, from an adult, from an adult standpoint, so. Darn it! Yeah, it's it's totally family friendly. <laughs> okay, but uh, you know you could probably make up your own questions and see if you can take it uh, to a new and inappropriate level. Okay, well there's there's a challenge for someone. That's really interesting. It's it takes a certain kind of mind to come up with something like that. Hmm. And and it is a fun game. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. That's that's definitely unique, and it's the first card physical card game of the uh, of this year's gift guide so you never know what will come next santa number two mr fuccio what, what are you going to start out with i'm going to start out with you know can you see this you know you piece of software you know walter pro you know i first heard of walter two uh, hat tip to kirk malcohern in 2014-2015, when he was singing his praises as sort of a iTunes for your iPhone. Um, so I've been watching the software, and then earlier this year, they came out with a pro version. So, you know, what uh, the original Walter would allow you to do is, you know, download um, videos and you know, music uh, into uh, your phone and circumvent uh, iTunes, uh, which is sort of 
gone through some challenges as Apple has improved it, meaning made it worse recently. Uh, and you know, Walter is great, you know, for just directly, quickly downloading stuff uh, into the device. And what Walter Pro also adds is ability to you know, convert things and uh, you know insert things you know into iTunes or Apple TV you know on your Mac as well as your devices. So you know it's uh, great for you know transferring uh, media f- you know, between devices you know, or occasionally you get an MKB file or a, you know or a, a lossless FLAC file and you want to convert it you know to a high you know high res you know, format that your Mac can actually play. Walter Pro is a great uh, tool for doing that, and uh, it's simple to use. You know, drag and drop. You have basic functionality. And as with most of the things, Apple, if you hit the option or control keys, you get you know, additional refinements on uh, where you want to uh, install uh, you know, the files you know, after they're uh, you know, converted. So it costs. I'm not sure forty nine dollars or maybe it's you know, thirty dollars. Uh, you know, you know, they also have, uh, you know, licensing, uh, you know, time-based uh, licensing programs available. You know, it's a, it, you know, it's a, it's a great piece of software. I've, you know, got a, you know, lot of use out of it. Uh, I used it uh, originally earlier in this year for transferring, uh, you know, files uh, from both my wife's and my iPhones because uh, Apple software just you know, choked and after, you know, dozen or more variations of trying to use it, you know, either with Bluetooth or Wi-Fi or with a USB, you know, their stuff just wouldn't work. So we used, um, you know, we used another piece of software, which I might mention if I get a, a bonus pick, if we can get to more, you know, uh, you know, then, uh, you know, four picks this time, I'll talk about that. Uh, but Walter was instrumental in getting devices and, you know, things back onto the phone uh, and providing all sorts of functionality, as I said, of converting, you know, flack and losses files into uh, music formats that uh, Apple can actually pay. So with that, uh, back to you, Master Santa. Master Santa. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I really like that. Thank you. Um yeah, I've Mark. I can second uh, the use of Walter too. Although I hate that's really interesting because I had not even I knew it could do flag files. I just sort of forgot about it because I just don't usually deal on those. But it is terrific for taking virtually any kind of video format and moving it over to your iPad um, in a in a in a format that can play easily. And it's drag and drop, dead simple. I mean, there if there are settings, I'm, I didn't even have to go and look because it just, all you do is just drag it and it sends it over and sends it to the appropriate app uh, on the iPad and it's there. You're ready to go. So great. Good yeah. And I think Walter Pro will also handle, uh, you know, PDFs and will handle, I think, conversion between some you know, ebook formats. So uh, it's, uh, it's a really great, really great uh, you know, piece of software, you know, highly recommended. Excellent. Mike, what do you have for round one? Well, I was very disappointed to see that my beloved iPad mini was already selected. And I do have a bit of a reputation on Mac Voices as being the pen guy. So I'm going to recommend an accessory for the iPad mini called the Paperlike. They just came out with Version 2 for the iPad Mini, I had pre-ordered it, and it just arrived last week as we record this. But um, it's a screen protector that basically makes your writing on your iPad feel more like writing on a piece of paper. It's definitely not the same, especially if you're a nerd like I am and you get fancy paper and you use fancy fountain pens, nothing's going to replicate that experience. But it does, in my opinion, feel significantly better than just writing straight onto the glass. There's debate about whether the paper-like is really worth the, the cost because it's $40 and you can definitely find cheaper ones on Amazon. I've had pretty hit or miss luck with the alternatives. I did have one on my iPad Pro, which was not a Paperlike. That was okay. Uh, And I'd ordered one before the Paperlike was available for my iPad mini, which was just awful. 
I can say the Paperlike is the best one that I have used. And uh, for someone who uses an Apple Pencil on an iPad, this is a, a great accessory. Uh, I do a lot of sketch notes, so a lot of drawing, a lot of writing. If you use your Apple Pencil that way on an iPad, this is a great accessory. And it they have a, a bunch of different options for just about any size iPad out there. But the fact that they just came out with the iPad Mini one, that's the the new product in their their lineup. And I've been extremely happy with that one on uh, my iPad Mini. Mike, so that's uh, go ahead, Mark. Mike, that sounds great. Uh, I, I've known of Paperlike you know, for uh, for a while now, and I've been hoping in my travels to run into somebody who's used it. I have I have uh, two questions. I guess the first question is: since you're putting this over the screen, what? How would you characterize? How does it change you know, the intensity and the colors and et cetera that you see? And then I have a follow up question. Sure. Uh, they actually on their website they have this little CSS demonstration to kind of illustrate the fact that they have these, they call them nanodots, which are designed not to diffuse the picture too much. And you can toggle it, you know, with or without. Uh, it definitely does diffuse it a little bit, but I don't think it's as bad as some of the other ones that I've tried. And it's not, it's not a negative experience to me anyways. Maybe part of that is just the screen on the iPad mini is so much brighter than some of the other iPads that I've used in the past that it can compensate for that. But I tend not to have my iPad on full brightness anyways, because I don't like blasting <laughs> my eyeballs out of my skull. Uh, more power to you if, if, if you need that, but uh, I don't. So I'm probably not the person who would notice it. Uh, I don't think it's all that bad though. Okay. And my follow-up question is, Compared to just the Apple Pencil on on a slippery glass screen, how quality, qualitatively would you describe writing on this so it, you know uh, so that it more emulates you know, the experience of actually writing on paper? Yeah, well, like I said, it's it's not gonna you're not gonna fool anybody into thinking this is mm -hmm. an actual piece of paper. But I think it is a significantly upgraded writing experience. What I would notice when I'm doing sketch notes and, and good notes on my uh, my iPad, just on the screen, because I did use that until the iPad or the paper light came in for my iPad Mini, uh, and I've had the iPad Mini uh, basically since day one, is that occasionally I'd be trying to make a fine mark, and the pencil would almost like get stuck in a spot on the glass, and then it would kind of catch, and then you put a little bit more effort, and all of a sudden it would release. And it was kind of, I'm not doing a very good job of explaining it, but it sounds like maybe you know what I'm, I'm talking about. Uh, that doesn't happen with the paper. Like paper, like just feels smooth, consistent. And it's like a little bit of, of friction as you drag it across the screen to, to make it kind of feel like a, a piece of paper, which I, I find a very enjoyable writing experience. It doesn't, they don't overdo it. And it's not uh, distracting in any ways. It, it minimizes the effort that it takes to, to write on the screen, um, but it's it, it eliminates all the, the negative uh, aspects of writing straight on the glass for me. And it does okay, actually so also uh, should I should mention the the diffusion uh, a little bit with the uh, the texture on the the paper like means that it uh, reduces a lot of the glare. So if you are in a place where you're getting glare from your lights or you're using it outside, uh, could actually be a benefit. Third and last question: you know, What is applying this you know, onto the screen like? Is that uh, <laughs> straightforward, or is this like you know open heart surgery? You know that uh, it's really you know, really delicate. It. That's a great question. So I uh, was very finicky with mine. Um, they do have a great tutorial video, and they give you a whole bunch of tools to do it. Basically, you like kind of set your iPad on the table and you put this on top of it. And then there's these stickers that you stick to like the table where you're doing it. And there's a very effective process for doing it. But it is a very, uh, it, it's not like, uh, I don't really have a, anything to compare to other than years ago when you would buy a, a phone from a carrier and you bought a screen protector. Basically, like you just put it on and you smooth it out as much as you could. And if you had bubbles, you lived with it. Like there's a whole process to make sure that doesn't happen. Um, cool, but it takes probably 10, 15 minutes to, to do the, the whole thing. I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's very technical. I feel like they do a pretty good job of explaining how to apply it pr 
properly without any of the the bubbles. And I've been happy with the the result. Uh, I don't think you need to be like a, a technical master in order to get this thing on the, the right way. But it is not as simple as just stick it on. <laughs> How long have you been using it? I've had it on my iPad mini for about a week. And so okay. I've done maybe three or four different sketch notes with it. And uh, it's just, it's such a, such a better writing experience. If you use the Apple Pencil to write, I think the other thing that in addition to the sketch notes would be if you take like handwritten notes, uh, you're going to love something like this. Yeah, we can talk maybe after the show records about that, about more. But uh, <laughs> anyway, great to hear. Great. So, Thanks for educating us. So I, I'm, I'm curious to hear Jeff's reaction to this, just because I know Jeff is also someone who does a fair amount of work on his iPad with a pencil. Um, I, I, I don't feel qualified to participate in this con conversation because I don't. But but Jeff, does that sound like something that you would like, or would that be any kind of a hindrance to what you do with your iPad? Well, not only does it sound like something I would like, it is literally something I have purchased for uh, different iPads that I've had over the years. And uh, what it does for me is give me the one thing that is so necessary when I'm when I'm writing or drawing, which is tactile feedback. And an, an Apple Pencil, any stylus really, on that glass surface of an iPad or any other tablet, there's no tactile feedback. It's just this slick, smooth thing. And, and this is the best that I've ever found. And yes, it costs more, but there's a reason for that. Um, a lot of the the less expensive ones, what I found is that the the texturing where you tend to uh, to write or draw most just buffs away very quickly. So then you have these shiny areas that are really smooth on on that surface, and then uh, and then areas that aren't, and it's and it's worse than not having anything on there at all. So, yeah, that uh, paper like is the one to get. Absolutely love it. Hmm. Fascinating, fascinating. Okay, all right. Well, I don't think that'll be on my list just because that's not something I do with my iPad all that much, if at all. So, but hey, you know, we talked to the pen guy and we talked to one of the artists, and there you go. They know. Um, my pick for round one. Um, is something that I'm using right now, and that if you watched Mac Voices over the past year, you may have seen us interview the developer, um, and that is the Plexicam. Um, the Plexicam is a it's, it's the simplest way to try to explain it, and obviously I'll have an image up here so you can see it, um, but it is a plastic hook that goes over your uh, iMac or MacBook Pro or whatever that creates a little shelf for the camera right in front of the screen so that instead of you looking up away from the individual or maybe over here to a camera or whatever, I can look straight at the camera and still see the screen around it. So that even if I change my eyes right now to, to go and look at Jeff or go and look at Mark, um, you, don't see, you don't see a whole lot of significant movement, as opposed to if I go the whole way up there and look at the normal iMac camera. Um, it is it is adjustable depending on the screen size, and there are s several different models. Um, so it depends on whether you want to use something like a C920 uh, Logitech webcam, or in my case, I'm using a DSLR, so I have something that's a bit more heavy duty. Um, I know a number of the members of the Mac Voices panel have purchased these. Um, I haven't heard anybody say they don't like them. I absolutely love it. Uh, for what I do here with this machine, it means that every time I fire up to do a show, the camera isn't exactly the same place. So, and, and because of the position of my desk, um, I'm pretty much in exactly the sweet spot. The most I might have to do is move left or right. And of course the camera can move too because you can slide the hook along, um, but it is just, it is brilliant. Um, and it's especially brilliant because you're only having to pay for the device. You're not having to buy a whole separate camera um, like some of the some of the other solutions I've seen out there, that yeah, oh yeah, we can put a camera right in the middle of your screen, but you're gonna have to buy our camera. This way, you can pick the camera that you like at whatever quality you want, and you, that you already have and are already happy with, 
and just mount it right there in front of your screen. And this is great for obviously video podcasting, but also video conferences. Um, I know that uh, they they talk about how therapists and people, doctors and all, who have been doing a lot more video during COVID, video visits, that this is so terrific for them. Because again, you know, they're looking their patients a bit more in the eye instead of trying to look all around and 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 uh, online therapists have been using it again same thing because the patient feels like it's a much more personal experience so I'm telling you I can't uh, I can't recommend this highly enough um, there are various models so I'll let you go to the website we'll have links in the show notes obviously to pick the one you want if you're not sure call them because they are terrific about walking through what machine you have, what camera you have, and what your use case is to make sure you get the right one. And it's, uh, again, it's Plexicam. Terrific little device. Chuck, I'm looking at my camera mounted on my Plexicam right now. There you go. There you go. And look how good he looks. That's almost as good as Chuck. Uh, don't know about that. I I, oh, I I know it's it's hard to match you, Chuck. No, that's not what I was saying, Jeff. But thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Today's edition of Mac Voices is supported by Truebill. Get control of your subscriptions at truebill.com/macvoices. Did you know that forty percent of the people say they're overwhelmed by the number of subscriptions they pay for? The other sixty percent probably forgot they subscribed in the first place. If you're not sure how to take control of your subscriptions, you need Truebill. Take control of your subscriptions with the new free Truebill app. Truebill helps you discover hidden, unwanted subscriptions and cancel them with just one click. But that's not all. With Truebill, you can put your savings on autopilot to save money without thinking about it. Truebill learns your habits and saves the right amount at the right time while helping you avoid overdraft fees. Featured on the Wall Street Journal, Chatter TV, CNBC, Forbes, the Washington Post, and more, Truebill empowers you to save more, spend less, see everything, and take back control of your financial life. Start canceling your unused subscriptions at Truebill.com slash MacVoices. Go right now, Truebill.com slash MacVoices. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash MacVoices. Thanks to Truebill for their support of MacVoices. So that's a, a terrific first round set of picks, a very diverse set of picks. Uh, let's dig into round two. Mr. Gamut, lead us off. All right. So my round two pick, I'm actually surprised no one has picked it yet because it's a setup gift card. And uh, and setup, for those, those of you that don't know, uh, first off, you're welcome because now you're going to know about setup. Uh, so it's a, uh, uh, service where you pay, uh, a monthly fee and then you get access to a lot of really, really great Mac apps. And, uh, and then instead of having to go and, and do like individual subscriptions or buy a bunch of different apps, you just pick and choose from what you want when you need it. And, uh, and they make sure that it's always like quality products and not some knockoff crappy thing that doesn't really do what you need. So it's a, it's a really valuable service and one that I've been using since, well, actually since it started. So they didn't used to have this, but I think it was last year they started offering gift cards. And so what you can do, like if, if someone, you just want them to get a taste of setup for $10, you can give them a, a one month gift card and uh, three months is $29.97, or you can buy a whole year gift card. And that is $107.89. And you will get much more out of the the setup service than you're actually paying for so it's just awesome and i love that you can now give it to people as a gift that's fantastic jeff because that's like gifting somebody what like over 100 apps uh oh easily and, and they're adding more all the time yeah 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 and this 
uh, I mean, at the risk of sounding like it's an advertisement for setup, and and these are not the kind of apps you see in some other bundles where there's one app you recognize and then all the others are like, what is this? You know, these are apps, these are high quality right. apps that you really know and you will really use. Um, and I, in fact, I just discovered something today that I hadn't seen before, maybe just because it hadn't happened. But I launched an app that was in set app, but that I had already paid for. And it gave me the option to say, do you want to switch over to the set app version? That because it'll always be updated. And, it, and oh. so first of all, yes, absolutely. Because that way I don't have to worry about updates. Set app takes care of all that. But second, the way that the developer gets paid is the more you use their app, the more, the, the higher percentage of what you pay per month, it goes to that developer. So it's a great way to, you know, even, even if you've purchased something, um, you know, you have it within setup, it's not costing you any more and you're supporting that developer just a little more. So yeah, that's a mm -hmm. great pick. That's a great pick. Wow, wish I'd have thought of that. Well, okay. now you can do it next year in the first round. <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah. Hey, S lady, remind me for November 2022. <laughs> um, okay. So, Mr. Fuccio, round two. Okay. So, many of us, uh, you know, over the past, you know, year and a half, almost two years, we've had our lives changed in many ways because of uh, the SARS CoV 2 virus. And, uh, so almost this time a year ago, you know, vaccines started to become available to help people uh, protect themselves and then maybe move back to, you know, some semblance of uh, normal life. Well, you know, my pick is a, a book uh, written by a guy named Gregory Zuckerman, who is a reporter for the world's for the Wall Street Journal, in which he traces some of the story you know, to talk about how you know some of the science and oh that's not good you know let's uh here it is if we have you know have the image you know this is a book he wrote it was just published on uh, on amazon at uh, the very end of october so as this is being recorded this is not even two weeks old and it's already a bestseller list in this category and what he does is you know, he traces the you know, development of these different approaches you know, for these different vaccines, where basically the idea is you implant a little bit of you know, RNA uh, you know, that makes uh, you know, some of the proteins on the COVID virus, and you only get that little subset, and it trains the immune system. It's, it's basically, you know, like, uh, you know, training. They go out uh, and they, you know, learn how to you know, detect you know, this particular type of enemy and, you know, mount, uh, you know, a very aggressive attack against it. And, you know, as he points out in his book, you know, this, these techniques have been under, you know, development in one way or another since uh, the late, since, you know, the mid eighties, you know, as part of uh, originally combating you know, AIDS and HIV virus. So, you know, it's uh, a fascinating story. And for anybody who's interested on, you know, why last year, you know, vaccine was developed so quickly, you know, this provides a lot of uh, interest uh, and story behind it. You know, if we had a second pick, which I don't, I might mention another book uh, he's written about uh, Jim Simons, and who's a mathematician who formed a very successful uh, investment company called Renaissance Technologies. And, you know, he really focuses on you know, telling a lot of the personal stories of the people and the characters behind it. So, you know, he talks about some of the science and technology of COVID and mRNA and other vaccines, but it's not a technical book. It's more just describing how different people at different times, different researchers in Germany or in Boston or, uh, you know, San Diego or you know, Chicago you have worked at different or Pittsburgh at different times worked on, you know, this approach and, you know, how some have moved it forward and then they stopped because they couldn't get 
funding or they were hitting a dead end in their career, so they pivoted to go do something else. But he tells this story of this one large continuous arc about how you know all these uh, scientists had a clear vision of you know, how you know they could you know enable the uh, how they could enable teaching the human immune system, you know, to create uh, protection against you know, new viruses and pathogens, and you know, it went completely against a lot of the accepted dogma in the community at the time. So, in many ways, it's sort of a David versus Goliath uh, type of story, and uh, you know, it's a it's a fascinating read. You know, once once you pick it up, you're not going to you're not going to want to put it down until you finish it. You know, or until you're too tired, <laughs> too tired to read it anymore, and they want to pick it up again. So, I heartily recommend it. It's available, you know, uh, both as an ebook Kindle version as well as you know a you know paperback version. And for a lot of people who are not interested in you know, a lot of the background, there are you know, summary versions. You know, there's I guess a Cliff Notes version on Amazon. You know, that's about to you, know, uh, you know a fourth of the price. You know, that just talks specifically about you know, the developments of uh, the uh, COVID-19 you know, vaccines. So, you know, really fascinating read, you know, very topical. But, you know, I think uh, I think t- 10 years from now, people enjoy picking this up and reading it for the first time because he really tells a very unique you know, and, I think, timeless story. It wouldn't be the holiday season if you didn't bring something virus-related of some kind. And this year especially, it, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's very timely, I must say. So that this is a, good, is a good pick. I mean, I think you're right, Mark. I think even people that might, aren't really into virology the way you are, uh, this year they be, might be paying attention to something, something like this. So. I mean, this is uh, this is many ways. It, it seems to me it's sort of like you know, you know, Michael Lewis is another author where he always you know, casts these you know characters who are on the outside of you know something, be it you know baseball, you know, or you know uh, Wall Street. Uh, you know, uh, it's uh, it, it's this very interesting story of you know how something suddenly unexpected. You know how there are people knowledgeable and uh, you know, very skilled. Uh, how suddenly you know they go from obscurity to uh, having a central role. So, I mean, yeah, from that perspective, it's, it's it's really a great read. And again, I don't want to scare people off. It's not heavy on you know, you know science and technology, but you know, really tells a story about you know all the different characters and personalities that came together to form you know, these different companies and what drives them and motivates them and why each of the different companies have seem to have you know different personalities uh you know that uh, that we all see when we're thinking about should we get a Pfizer or Moderna you know or a uh you know uh J&J you know vaccine but uh, um fascinating reading back to master santa <laughs> I'm going to get a t-shirt with that on I like it uh, let's see uh Mike, your your picture is back to crystal clear. So let's let's go with round two. What do you got? <laughs> All right, uh, I'm gonna stick with the iPad theme and recommend the Draft Table Version Two by Elevation Lab. And I'm going to recommend specifically the Draft Table Pro Kit. The draft table is this stand that is kind of designed for, I hesitate to use the word uh, creators, but it's like something you put on your desk so you can use the Apple Pencil on your iPad comfortably for an extended period of time. Uh, They actually demoed this, I believe, when they showed off Sidecar at WWDC 2020. Uh, this is what it looks like. So it's this heavy stand with this texture, the soft rubbery texture, which holds your iPad in place. There's different angles that you can set it to. Uh, it all folds up flat if you wanted to put it in your in your bag. It's got a lip at the bottom, so it will hold your iPad up, and it works with, they say, any size iPad. The iPad mini is honestly a little bit 
a little bit small on this one, but uh, if you had an 11-inch Pro, that's what I had previously, it's perfect, and it does a fine job supporting a 13-inch as well. Uh, even if you turn it and you do it in portrait landscape, they've got some different configurations of what it looks like on their uh, their website. But what I love about the kit is that in addition to this heavy-duty stand, they also give you a uh, like a gel wrist rest so when you're using the apple pencil at an angle you can like rest your wrist on that and uh, it's significantly more comfortable and the pro kit also comes with this little wedge thing which has a suction thing on the bottom and this is a holder for your apple pencil which for me uh, i usually have it on the side of my ipad when i have it in my bag but i hate leaving it there when it's on my desk. <laughs> and so I have this off to the, the side here and I, I use this frequently. And uh, putting that pencil in the stand, you can kind of see on the, the picture on the website how they kind of envision that you would have this sort of set up on, on your desk. Uh, I feel aesthetically it's, it's pretty pleasing. And then the fact that it's just right there, you can grab it real easily. Uh, feels more like reaching for a, a pen, a writing instrument, and uh, which is a lot of the ways that I use the Apple Pencil on my my device. It is $80 for the whole kit, which if you're just looking for you know a cheap stand to prop your iPad up, that seems expensive, but that's not what this is. This is for somebody who is serious about using their Apple Pencil on their iPad, uh, not just to navigate menus and things, but to write or to draw for an extended period of time uh, and want something that will allow them to do that comfortably. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, you are you are iPad all all in tonight. So far, <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, it. There's so many, like you say, there's so many cheap options out there, and to find something that you really feel like you can recommend, because I know you're a heavy duty iPad user, so I would take your recommendations a lot more seriously than someone who uses it just occasionally. The thing with this, uh, I haven't used it this way, but they talk about uh, further on down the page, some of the recommended apps for uh, this particular setup. And there's a lot of like AstroPad and Duet Display, and they kind of compare it to like one of those Wacom tablets, which I've never actually used. But having it propped up on this device, uh, maybe you could do the same thing with a with a Wacom tablet, but uh, this just seems like a much better way to do that for me. I've never really liked the idea of just plopping something down flat on my desk and writing on it. <laughs> uh, this is much more comfortable. But once I had this and I started using my iPad this way, I, I did find myself looking for other ways to use the, the Apple Pencil and the iPad. Uh, and if you're considering using it as an alternative input uh, device for your Mac, then uh, I think that opens up a whole bunch of options, uh, new ways to to work from from your Mac or your, your desk setup. Excellent. I think I need to put this on my Christmas list. <laughs> you, you, meant, you mentioned... Uh, Wacom tablets, and I and I use Wacom tablets all the time, and uh, and the Cintiq line. That's the one where it has the display built in, so you can actually put the stylus on whatever it is you're working on. And uh, and I had one a long time ago, and I keep thinking I should get a new one, but I've got this iPad Pro and an Apple Pencil, so why should I get a Cintiq? But I never actually use my iPad Pro in that way because it ends up laying flat. Yeah, so paper like, so it'll feel a lot better, <laughs> right? And uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, that this could very well solve my um, my using my iPad as an alternative to a Cintiq. Nice. Michael, and uh, one to... thing I'll mention about this and all of the Elevation Lab stuff is that it is a serious piece of engineering it's not it's a it's a premium product um, if you have used a, a cheap stand 
before. This is nothing like that. <laughs> you get what you pay for when it comes to this stuff. And it's not going to be for everybody, for someone who just wants to prop up their iPad because they want to watch movies or something, then this is a, a waste of money. But if you're going to use it as an input device uh, or you're going to use it for creating, this is going to be a night and day difference. And it's going to mean the difference really for me and the difference of uh, whether I decide to use my iPad or just decide that it's not worth it. <laughs> this is great. Mike, I think we just need to take your whole list and just email to all of Jeff's relatives. That way they'll know what to get him. Yes, please. <laughs> well, I'm going to follow Mark's uh, Mark's lead and pick a book, believe it or not. Um, but I think also I, I'm, I'm somehow following both Jeff and Mike's uh, thing as well. This is a book by Larry Jordan. And if you don't know the name, Larry is well known in video training circles um, as someone who does a lot of education and a lot of teaching about how to be more effective on video. And his book, Techniques of Visual Persuasion, Create Powerful Images That Motivate. Um, it's available by Kindle or in hard uh, paperback, and it is well worth the money. Um, he explains to you why certain, when you're composing images, when you're creating graphics, why certain things work and why they don't. And it's sometimes, to be honest with you, I found that some of the things were surprising because I, I realized what he was telling me was absolutely true. And I was doing it in reaction to an image without even knowing I was doing it. For example, he teaches you how you can control the viewer's eyes by positioning things on screen, by, by focusing on them, by colors, by brightness. And then he shows you some examples. It's like, yeah, I just realized that my eyes went there, 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 there in that order, just like he said they would. And completely, I mean, just completely obvious. And after he tells you why, it makes perfect sense. But it's the kind of thing that, you know, if you're not educated or trained in this kind of thing, you can be not manipulated. That's not, that's not really the, that has negative connotations, but how you can be, how different messages can be delivered through images much more effectively. I feel like I've learned so much from sitting through some of Larry's sessions, and this book just codifies a lot of that. Um, and I I can't stress it enough that this is one, uh, I've, I did buy it on Kindle, and I think I'm going to get it on paperback because it's one of those things that if you're creating a presentation or a video project or whatever, you may want to pull off the shelf and do a little bit of reference when you're thinking about how to compose things. This is a really, really, really good book. So again, sorry, what, would, of, what, what was the title of it? Techniques of Visual Persuasion by Larry Jordan. When was it published? This year? Uh, I, yeah, I believe it is. I believe it was out this year, Mark. And it is really, really well done. Lots of, lots of illustrations, the appropriate amount of text to explain things, but a lot of illustrations. Oh, yeah. So. I know. I, I've known Larry for, oh, since like 2008 or something. He's, you know, really, you know, really interesting guy who has a background in news and news production and just, uh, you know, it's it's interesting that you know he's he's doing this. I mean, uh, so this is available you know, via Kindle. You said at Amazon. Yes. Yes. Cool. And is the book? Does the book have? Is it just static, or do they have any video accompaniments or video snippets that go with it? Uh no, not right now, <clears throat> anyway. But Larry does do some sessions, and um, in fact, that's something. Thank you, Mark, because I'll mention that. I'll do a plug for Larry. Um, every week, if you subscribe to his newsletter. He does a he does weekly webinars on Final Cut, um, Premiere, um, or more general things. Sometimes he'll just do a general "Ask Me Anything" uh, kind of session. But if you if you tune in live, then you get to watch it live and absorb it. And then Larry takes he does two versions of it: one in the morning, one in the afternoon. And then he will take that, cut it together, and then release it for sale on his store. So if you miss a week or if you want to go back and review because it was a particularly uh, something really applicable to what you do, then, you know, you can buy that session. But if it's more of a casual thing, you want to stop by and see what he's talking about, you can do that, too. Uh, and I can't tell you, I mean, that's something that 
you know, I, I have on my schedule every week to see what he's doing and how it can apply to me because the, the webinars are free. All you have to do is sign up. So just top-notch stuff. Uh, he, he's, he has a very methodical way of going through things and explaining them um, so that you understand them at a, at, a, at a really base level, not just, oh, you should do this and you know, you'll get more attention. He goes through, you should do this, here's why, here's what it does, and this is why it works. So, Chuck, I bought this book on your recommendation. Um, you mentioned it a while ago somewhere, uh, maybe just in conversation. I, I don't remember, but I bought it, and thank you for the recommendation. I bought the paperback version because I know how I use books like this. And it's nice because I can put all my little tabs in there and uh, and stuff, so I can go back and find the things that I need right away. So th- this this is one that I'd recommend if uh, if you're still into uh, dead tree books, it's a good one to have as a dead tree book. Thank you. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Okay, gentlemen, that takes us through two rounds. Uh, so that means now you got to start looking hard at your picks and deciding what uh, what you want to do for round three. Mac Voices Holiday Gift Guide number two wraps up in the next edition of Mac Voices. And Jeff, Mark, and Mike will be back to make their round three and round four picks. And it's interesting what happens in round three and round four because the pressure's on uh, to make sure that no nobody steals anybody's picks, but they also want to get good picks. And so there's a little bit of competition that develops. I also want to make sure I remind you that not only are the uh, picks for this particular episode listed in the show notes for this episode, but the holiday gift picks for all of the episodes are listed on our Mac Voices Holiday Gift Guide page on the Mac Voices site, and also in our Mac Voices Holiday Gift Guide for 2021 in Flipboard, which is my personal favorite way to, uh, to view it. So check the show notes for links to both of those as well as the picks in this edition. Until the next time, and as always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thank you for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, Consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com